Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How do you feel when someone says to you, I'd like to have a word with you? Maybe a a bit of apprehension? Maybe you start wondering what that other person wants to talk about. Uh, Maybe you set up an appointment uh, for the next day, perhaps, to, to meet and talk with that person, and then until that appointment time comes, you keep thinking about what that other person might want to say to you. Does he have good news or bad news? Does he plan to find fault with you in some way? Or will he ask you to do something that will cost you time or money? Or does he want to give you something, perhaps? Maybe he plans to invite you to dinner. But he have to wait until the appointed time to meet to find out what that other person wants to talk about. Well, in our sermon text today from John chapter 1, we see that God has a word for us. Do you wonder what that word is? What does God want to talk to you about today? As you listen to our sermon text, you realize soon that this is a special kind of word. Not the kind of word that we look up in a dictionary and find a definition. It's not the kind of word that can be translated from one language to another. Don't worry, you don't have to wait a long time to find out what the word of God is that he has for you. He offers it to you right now. Notice in in John chapter 1, the special definition of this word of God that he has for you. This word existed before the world was created. Before God made the sounds, the letters, the syllables that combined to make other words, this word already existed. This word is not just a word that God spoke. Rather, it is word that not only was with God before the creation of the world, but this word himself is God. This doesn't mean that the word that God has for you is the letters G-O-D, or the sound God in English, or the word for God in any other human language. The word that God has for you is more than letters, sounds, and and definitions. If you look at our text from John chapter 1, you'll notice that this special word is always spelled with a capital W at the beginning of the word. Our language, English, capitalizes the first letter of any proper noun, a word that identifies a specific person, place, or thing. And so the capital W in the word word in our sermon text shows us that John, the apostle, the the gospel writer, is not writing about any word that God might have spoken. At other times, when we refer to the word, we're talking about the Word of God in in written form in the Bible. But this special word with a capital W that we see in John chapter 1 is the expression of God. It is the way that God lets himself be known to us. Think about it this way. We often know people by their words, by what they say or what they have written. We have words that were written by people long ago, by poets and novelists and other writers who who at this point may be long dead, but we still know those people to a certain degree because we know what they wrote. We know how they thought expressed in their writing and and how they felt 
We know uh, from what they tell us of what made them happy and what made them sad. We know them by their words. And today, of course, the the people that you know in your life, you know them uh, in large part by what they say. You learn to know another person by listening to what he or she has to say. You find out what they know or don't know, what makes them angry, what makes them happy, what they are afraid of, what they hope for. All of this you learn from their words. Now, God has a word for you. That special word that has always existed, even before the world began. That word that is with God. That word that himself is God. God has this special word that lets you know him. God wants you to know all about himself. He wants you to know how he thinks, how he feels, how he wants to be a part of your life. God wants to share his love, his mercy, his wisdom, his understanding, his power, and so much more with you. He wants to share himself with you. So his written word tells us all about God. But God did more than just put down uh, about himself the words that that he had spoken through the prophets and the apostles, uh, some of which we read earlier in our worship service. He gave himself to people as this special word. Not just a, a collection of words on paper that describe himself, but his word that is with him and that is himself. That's the special word that God has for you. That is his Christmas gift to you. The first Christmas gift for the world and the most recent gift as well because that is the gift that we receive today, that we are receiving right now in our worship service. He gives you his word not just for you to to listen to his written word, but his word in the way that he shares himself with you. Because the word is God. He gives himself to you. The special word of God, as we read in in John chapter 1, has always been a part of the world. In verse 10 of our text, we see that the word was in the world And in fact, the word created the world. When God made the world, as he tells us in Genesis chapter 1, he used words as he said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be water. But all of those words came from the capital W, Word of God. God's creation came from his word that expresses himself. All the beauty and abundance and wisdom and love that we see in God's creation is an expression of who he is. The creation shows us about God because it was made by the word of God himself. The creation told us not only what God could do, but also who he is. And our text also tells us that many people in the world did not listen to this special word of God. They ate the food that was created in the world for us by the word. They admired and and sometimes even inappropriately worshipped the beauty of the creation created by the word. They enjoyed the world 
that the Word had created, but they did not know the Word. They could not see the Creator because of the creation. Many people were so busy making the most of the opportunities that the world offers or complaining that they weren't getting their fair share that they didn't pay any attention to the Word. The Word that was with God. The Word that is God. The Word that created the world. But John tells us that some did receive the Word. Some got the Word that God loves His people and is a part of their lives. Some got the Word that God wanted to be a part of all that He had created, and He wanted to continue to be the Father of those whom He had made. And those who got the Word of God's continuing love and care were the children of God. They were not the children of God only because they were born of a process that God had given, but they were children of God because God made them His own. He continued to speak his word to them, and they continued to know him. He came to them by his word, and they knew him. God has a word for them, and they received that word. God is not content just to have a word for us. He wants the word to be heard. It's not enough for him to have created us and to have offered us a continuing relationship with us. No, he wants that offer to be accepted by us. He wants the relationship to be a a two-way street. He wants to know us and to be with us. And he wants us to know him and to be with him. In verse 14 of our text, we see how God shows us how far he was willing to go so that we might know him through this special word says, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. We have seen his glory, the glory he has as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. As we mentioned, this is the Christmas story as recorded by the Apostle John. In the first of the four Gospels in the Bible, the Gospel writer Matthew tells us about the birth of Jesus uh, to a virgin named Mary It tells us about Mary's fiancé, Joseph, and about the wise men who came to worship that newborn Christ child. Luke, in his gospel, tells us about the Roman taxation and the fact that Mary and Joseph had to travel from their hometown in Nazareth and the northern Israel province of Galilee down to Bethlehem in the southern province of Judea in order to be counted in the census. Luke records for us the song of the angels announcing to those shepherds out in the field the good news that the Word has become flesh and dwelled among us. That simply is the way that John puts it. God himself became a human being and lived with us. The one who had created the whole world and the universe became part of what he had created. The special Word of God has so much to offer us that he was willing even to become one of us so that we could see him and receive him. All of his greatness, all of his power, his glory, and his love was was too much for us to understand. Because of our sins, we were separated from him even though he had created us. Because of our sins, we had changed his creation. We had remodeled human nature to serve ourselves rather than to serve him. Our guilt 
made us afraid of his holiness. Our limited understanding could not accept his view of life, which he intended to last forever. Our concern for ourselves shut us off from his love for all people. And therefore, we also lost the assurance of his love for us. But God still wanted us to know him. He still had a word for us. And so he translated his word into a life that we could understand. The word continued to be God, but he also became a human being. As in any translation from one language to another, the meaning remains the same, but it, through translation, now becomes understandable to those who only know the second language. And so God became a human being, not in order to stop being God, but in order to be God in a way that is understandable to you and to me, to, to those who by our limited human nature could not grasp all of the facets of God and his existence. God's word for you is himself. Himself as a part of your life. Himself living in your shoes, facing your temptations, fighting your problems, dying your death, and finally, ultimately, giving you eternal life. The word that God has for you is full of God's grace and truth. He comes not to condemn, but to forgive. He comes to you today as God's great Christmas gift, addressed to you personally to give you what you do not deserve, but to give you what he wants you to have. He comes to remove the guilt of sin and the fear of death. He comes to be truth for you. He is the truth that not only shows you the way back to God, but he is the truth that is himself the way to God. He is the truth that reaches beyond the intellectual and philosophical debates by which we try to find our own truth. In the word of God, who became Jesus, born in Bethlehem, we see the glory of God. He removes our guilt so that we can open the eyes of our hearts before God and look at him face to face and see only his mercy and love for us. There we see the glory of the one who loves us and who wants us to be with him now and forever. We see his glory because we no longer look for it in our own efforts or our own understanding. Instead, we see the glory in the word that he has for us. God has many words to speak to us. In our reading, we see that the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Because God loves us, he speaks to us through his law. Because his love fulfilled that law in Jesus Christ, God's written word also tells us the marvelous message of our salvation. And gives us the responsibility and the privilege also of sharing that message of salvation and forgiveness with other people. When God speaks to you through his written word, he is always saying, I have a word for you. That word is the special word. The word that is with God. The word that is himself God. The word that became flesh and dwelled among us. Full of grace and truth. That is the word that God gives to you today. 
Amen.